Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that believes that when the next Ghostbusters movie comes out, we don't need another run of limited time only General Mills cereal, and instead we need an awesome tie-in product called Cinnamon Ghost Crunch that combines a classic brand from the cereal aisle with slime and toaster-shaped marshmallows. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Vink Maniac on the internet, and this week I'm thrilled to bring you a fun and freewheeling conversation I had with Chris Stewart, who you may also know as the voice behind the proton charging social media accounts you very likely know as one half of the amazing Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip podcast, and who you might know as a previous guest on this very show who we last spoke with at Christmas time when we reviewed an episode of Real Ghostbusters together. Uh, but he, Chris is also so much more. Uh, he is an amazing person, a friend of the podcast, uh, a video game designer, uh, a parent. I mean, I, we can go on lots of things that Chris Stewart is, but instead we'll talk with him in a little bit. Uh, Chris joined me in a chat where we geek out a bit about world building, where we explore kind of what Winston's TED talk might be like if he had one, where we spitball some new Ecto-1 ideas, uh, some Ghostbusters tech-derived consumer products that we would like to see potentially out in the world, and we try to figure out if the new Ghostbusters movie is the first time that an effort's made to bridge the designs of Hook and Ladder 8 in New York City and Old 23 in Los Angeles, the L.A. firehouse, via its front window. So uh, we kind of get into a discussion about whether or not this will, movie will be the first cinematic attempt to actually bridge those two designs. So it's always a pleasure to chat with Chris, and I'm excited to bring this conversation to you this week. Uh, it was very, definitely a lot of fun, definitely also a lot of free associating. So uh, get ready for, for lots of changes in topics and whatnot. But it was a good, a good and upbeat conversation to have with Chris, and I hope that you enjoy it. But before we can get into that, uh, we need to first get into some Ghostbusters headlines. And that means that we're going to first address some happenings or non-happenings, as it may turn out of the last week. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Phone-in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. First up in Ghostbusters headlines is a news item that really isn't news at all. Uh, and rather, it's a light and friendly debunking of some non-news. Uh, there's a video circulating on Instagram of a TV or film shoot that's taking place right outside of Hook and Ladder 8 in New York City uh, over the past week. And German Ghostbusters fan franchise Die Geisterjäger, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry, uh, posted. they posted a video during a visit to New York City and a walk past the firehouse in New York uh, that led to some speculation about just what the hell was going on over there. Uh, and that's because there was a film crew set up on the sidewalk, uh, extending back about a block from the firehouse with, uh, in particular, a set of cones around the corner where the firehouse is and two women who were presenting with microphones and talking. And so people were like, what is this? Is it the next Ghostbusters movie? Is it some promotion for the next Ghostbusters movie? And 
Uh, it's, it may be neither of these things. I mean, it's definitely not the next movie is my answer to that. But if you uh, if you go back and you listen to that video, if you put on headphones and you turn them up really loud and you listen all the way to the end, you can hear two presenters who are depicted on camera talking about Maybelline lip plumpers. Uh, essentially, they are talking about how Xennials are willing to endure a little pain to get plumper lips because they're inspired by influencers who get cosmetic procedures and that Maybelline will be flipping the lip plumping marketplace with their latest product. If, if I ever thought that I was going to talk about lip plumpers on this podcast, like I, that's not a thing I ever expected to happen, but it's happened. Um, somehow Ghostbusters brought us here. Uh, so unless this is an advertisement for Maybelline lip slime, the chances are pretty low that this had much to do with the new Ghostbusters movie. Uh, it may have had just more to do with a location of a street corner that worked well. Um, who knows? And to be real, like the content of this sounded like it was something designed for uh, recruitment of, say, influencers or to represent the brand with wholesalers because it was talking about uh, what Xennials and what customers would do rather than uh, what you as a client or a customer would do. So it's kind of interesting to consider that whatever it is uh, may not even really be intended for the average consumer to digest. It may have been an internal sort of convention style or uh, industry video, but nevertheless, it's Maybelline. Um, there you go. In more news that might not be, <laughs> the Sun is reporting in the UK that Bill Murray may be headed to London this week to begin filming on the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, generally speaking, uh, the Sun is a lousy tabloid newspaper, and the coverage of how Murray is coming to London was literally a one sentence statement in an otherwise clickbaity article about how the people working on the movie uh, who, who are talking to the Sun allegedly claim that the filming location they're using that I'm not going to talk about is actually haunted. Um, so those people probably should um, stop doing that before they break some NDA and find that um, their bank accounts are haunted with poverty. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, I, I would take everything here with a grain of salt because it's the sun. Uh, whether or not Bill Murray is actually getting on a plane to do anything uh, seems questionable. There's no source about any of this in the article whatsoever, but it's also worth noting that Annie Potts has totally taken photos of herself in Trafalgar Square in the UK this week and posted them to Instagram. So is Murray en route? Maybe. Answer hazy. Ask again later. Moving out of discussion of things that may or may not be news, but that are interesting to kind of consider. Uh, let's talk about some merchandise news for a few moments. The first piece of merchandise news I want to remind you about, because I have seen one and held one, and it's amazing, is that Phantasm Toys still has the pre-order open on their Terror Tub, the Class 10 Terror Tub toy. And if you're wondering what this looks like as it's been talked about because you're a, uh, an audio person who listens to a podcast, but you want to be able to see what this looks like in the real, I actually did a review of this thing on Instagram. You can go to the Extraplasm Instagram page and you can find a video that opens with me singing and serenading the tub and then reviewing it. Uh, so. I'll let you go and encounter that on your own without representing my own musical interlude for you here, but uh, know that that's out there for you to check out if you wish to do so. <laughs> Additionally, uh, I, the, the tub's amazing. I can't stress enough that Tony Taylor and Brendan Pierce 
uh, who are the you know collaborative minds behind Phantasm Toys, have really knocked it out of the park and set the bar for something really new and awesome. I want to see everything they're making from here, and I want it to keep getting better because this is one of the coolest things that they've ever made. And go check out the video I made because it's something that I think uh, you know really kind of hammers home why I think this thing is so great, and I won't belabor the point here. Uh, but beyond that, in terms of merchandise news, one thing to know about is that Ghostbusters news has reported that uh, August 15th is now the release date for the fun.com or Halloweencostumes.com proton pack, a.k.a. the close enough pack, as I'm calling it. Um, this is because when uh, asked what the size of the proton pack was uh, by Ghostbusters news a while back, the response from fun.com was close enough. Um, and so um, it's also, I believe in the description of the product, but the bottom line is that I'll call it the close enough pack because it still doesn't look quite right. Like, like an exact proton pack. Uh, there have been some revisions to it apparently, but we don't have photos of those yet, but August 15th is now the new release date for it. So if you need a proton pack and you have $499 to spend and you don't have a Haslab pack and you missed out on that and you can't seem to find one to buy, from the many that are listed on eBay, um, <laughs> then you may want to take a look at what is going to be offered from Halloween Halloweencostumes.com and fun.com beginning August 15th, apparently. Uh, in Ghostbusters video game news, so we're kind of moving out of the physical merchandise and into the digital merchandise. The Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed Instagram account has begun teasing Extreme Ghostbusters gear shells as part of a presumed, a presumed forthcoming update. For those who don't know uh, what a gear shell is, a gear shell is essentially uh, you have like a you know a proton pack that you can update and add all kinds of stuff to throughout the game. Uh, but then you just might want your proton pack to look like the classic version and uh, not look like it has all this custom stuff that was only made for the game. Well. That's where a gear shell comes in. It's essentially a dummy uh, model that doesn't represent the actual build of your pack and your weapons and instead looks like something else. So in this case, uh, the gear shells that they've already created are things like the uh, real Ghostbusters stuff. So you can, you know, either you can have a standard proton pack as opposed to updates that's cinematic uh, oriented in design, or you can go with the blue proton pack and the blue neutrino wand and the blue PKE member uh, meter. Uh, so Apparently, what's been teased and what's been left out on there on the Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed Instagram account is an image of an extreme Ghostbusters PKE meter in a character's hand. So um, we were told to expect quarterly updates. I have been kind of joking with folks that um, I expect to see the bugs fixed that I've complained about episodes ago somewhere around June. Um, so I don't know, maybe May, June, maybe that's when we'll see uh, the extreme Ghostbusters PKE meter inside Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And then maybe then, maybe then we can get the the uh, the loading bug, the uh, matchmaking bug that's been bothering everybody since February fixed. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about this negatively anymore. I know. I'm sorry. I, I did it again. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Ghostbusters Holligate continues to roll out to locations. If you want to get a look at the character models, though, head over to Ghostbusters News. Uh, Jason Fitzsimmons has an article and a link to a series of photos that are from a designer's uh, art station page. And 
what's there is this very cool rendering of the Ghostbusters flight suit, proton pack, etc. Um, I have to say, like, I think it's really hard to uh, convey what <laughs> a, a, an in-person VR experience is like if you're going to review it. I was giving this some thought and I was like, I'm going to go do a hollow gate, but how can you convey what was in it? It's not like you can take photos inside the virtual environment. You'd essentially have to have the ability to capture video uh, from the server side to be able to do that, not from the goggle side. So how does any of that work? Um, so this has left me wondering, like, how can you convey what the characters look like? So if you want to know, go take a look because you can go look at sort of the digital sculpt of these figures uh, that exists. So that way you can get a sense of the total cool and very photorealistic uh, flight suit design that they've done for this game. I have, I have to say, I'm really excited to go and try the Hologate experience. I haven't found a place yet that has it near me. I'm still looking but I really want to go and do this because I had the opportunity to do the void when it was available. Um, the Ghostbusters mission that happened there. I, for many of you who went to uh, Ghostbusters fan fest, you may remember that there was the option for those of you who were class five and class 10 to go and do the VR experience that they had at the void in Santa Monica the day after fan fest. Uh, and so I don't think there's really been like another VR experience since that. And this is my understanding is a brand new experience. So, uh, you know, Void owned what they owned. And when the Void went out of business, I don't know who the rights for that content reverted to. But um, this is new. You know, we're getting a whole brand new adventure and a whole new game. So uh, I'm really stoked about this. It's something I'm totally going to go check out. And I have to say that looking at the little 3D models of what's in that game only made me want to go and play it more. So uh, if anybody has any idea where I find that other than just like calling random hollow gates, uh, let me know because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big long list of places to call around the LA area or the Ventura County area, etc. So, uh, yeah. So I think that about covers our news as much as that's a very quick rundown of news items. There's not a whole lot that's going on because we're still in the big ramp up, right? So we're like, we're going to start seeing stuff. We're going to get to like June, probably find there's some announcements that are coming out at Ghostbusters Day. And then, you know, well, I imagine if we're really doing a movie in December, we'll probably see some toys. And so, you know, if things seem light right now in terms of the news or if it seems like, hey, we're just kind of breezing through it in about 15 minutes, um, hang in there because there's going to be more excitement and other things to discuss, I'm sure. But for now, I'm stoked to be able to talk with uh, Chris Stewart and to bring the conversation that we had to you because uh, I really appreciate Chris's insight. He's a great person uh, who has a lot, you know, a long history of being a huge Ghostbusters fan and representing the fandom since like the nineties on the internet, like, you know, back in the days of dial up, there was Chris Stewart. Uh, so I'm so stoked to bring the conversation that we had to you today and uh, let's turn now to that conversation with Chris Stewart. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast, returning and entering uh, further into the battle for rogues, which I'm not sure if you even know about, but you're going to find out about in a minute. Um, okay. Is the venerable, the awesome, and the the inspirational, motivational, and uh, you know, I say that because there wouldn't be a podcast without him. Chris Stewart, how are you? Hi. Good. Thanks for having me back. 
I desperately need to know about this robes thing now. Okay, so uh, a while back, we had this discussion. Uh, Austin Young from the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters, who basically gets mentioned on this podcast every week now because of this. Um, Okay. Austin (laughs) came on the show and he was like, had come back several times and Tony Taylor had come back several times. And so at some point I said something like that soon they would be members of the Five Timers Club. And every time I would say this, the response would be, Oh, so like, do I get like a jacket like Saturday Night Live? And I said, no, we're going to do robes. <laughs> like, and so um, I see that turned into a discussion about how these robes would be screen accurate robes, which then led for me and Austin to engage a discussion of whether or not there actually are bathrobes in Ghostbusters, which then led us to conclude that, mm. yes, Dana does wear one on the way down from her like destroyed apartment. Um, yeah. But then it turned into we need 45 pound wrestling robes. Like Ric Flair, because one, they'd be awesome, oh. and two, they'd be like accurate weight to a proton pack. So they're like, yeah, um, yeah like those big, bulky ones you p- people coming out of saunas are wearing, or, like <laughs> yeah. that, or wrestlers, or yeah, those would be great. But like those sequins be might be involved. Like it's getting very complicated, and all right. Um, you know, so, so I need to pester you more to have me on. I can't wait for you to invite me. If I want a robe, I better get in there. Yeah, like basically it's be- I become this. Like so people Push are going to start forward. messaging me and be like, listen, I want a robe. So can I get on five times real fast? But then we're all relying on Austin to make the robes because he agreed he would as a Ghostbusters prop maker. But, you know, so uh, I'm, you know, that's the deal. That's what's that's where we're at on this. So welcome <laughs> back, because now you're in the battle. Thank for you. Robes. Yeah. Thank you. It's actually it's it's funny that you mentioned the the sitting around talking about it, whether there was a robe in Ghostbusters, because this is this is I, I would say a game between him and I, but it's not. It's mostly my game and he just suffers through it. But uh, uh, there's a gentleman on Twitter, Horror and Haunted at Horror and, ha- and Horror and Haunted. <laughs> and he plays gift. He, as his name implies, he's generally just you know, about horror movies. Yeah, but yeah. He follows proton charging. He does daily games of, you know, pick you this in a horror movie, pick you that in a horror movie. You know, what's your favorite hair or style in a movie? Or, uh, do you remember this character is what I'm looking at right now. And it, anyways, I'm probably jumping in on about 75% of them. Cause I think I missed some. <laughs> and then a few of them, I can't quite think the, the right angle. But what I've been playing is that old Ian Lee. Was it Ian Lee that did it? The guy in the UK that used to call into the late night. Uh, I don't know. The, okay, so in England in the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s, I guess. If uh, All over Europe, actually. If you tuned in late night, they would um, have these like trivia call-ins and all that. Like these late night quiz shows that people just called into. They were just literally killing time because they were stupid cheap. You just have <laughs> one or two people that could just gab away and they'd say, you were looking for the first person to tell us the right answer of who blah, 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 blah. And people would call in and, and there was this guy and I think it was Ian Lee. And I know that's a comedian, but maybe it's not. Maybe somebody else. But anyway, I'll get corrected once this goes live. But <laughs> he would. He, it's on the Internet. If you type in, is it Ghostbusters 2? into YouTube, you will find the clips of this guy. It didn't matter. It's like, you know, you know, who's the, you know, prime minister, you know, five years ago, this guy would call it, Hey, you know, Ian, how you doing? Do great. It's like, have you got the answer? <laughs> yeah. Is it Ghostbusters too? Like, and 
the first time they were just confused, and then by the fifth time they were just like hanging up on him. Like he just <laughs> So with this horror and haunted guy I have this running joke that he says, you know, um he did one yesterday of like uh windy scenes in a horror movie. And Ghostbusters <laughs> is or Ghostbusters 2 is barely inside the Venn diagram of, of a horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> But I just keep typing, is it Ghostbusters 2? And then I'll throw a GIF up. Even And the funny part is, is it's it's a wasting my time a lot of the time because a lot of the stuff he asks, there is an answer, but there's no GIF for it. So I have to go find the YouTube clip, <laughs> go to a thing and turn it into a GIF, and then I post it. But And he likes them, and he seems to be enjoying them and all that. Or maybe he's just suffering me. I don't know. But, yeah, it's now become this running thing. And that's what it made me think of when you mentioned the are there robes in Ghostbusters. Because I immediately stopped and went, are there robes in Ghostbusters? And you're <laughs> right. She wears one at the end. So there's this thing, like, I I, I don't – it's it's so far it's been beautiful. Because he's like, you know, the worst hair or the – what this that everything and he just throws it out there and i'm just is it ghostbusters 2 <laughs> is it ghostbusters 2 Plunk. okay so i'm gonna so tell you i'm that sure everybody's you just yeah. provided the context to a lot of twitter announced like notifications <laughs> yeah oh okay because you weren't sure what they were about <laughs> because yeah. sometimes my phone just gives me it doesn't do it consistently i don't understand twitter anymore like i think it's still a platform people are using it's somewhat dying yeah, nobody really <laughs> nobody's really manning the <laughs> ship at this point so it's kind of like a starship with not enough people who are actually manning the stations stuff's just breaking down yeah. and then occasionally somebody figures that out and goes through a jeffrey's tube or something but a lot um, of, a lot of what does this button do <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so i have been getting a lot of random notifications from twitter that'll pop up my phone and they're completely out of context they're always like so and so replied to so, so a bunch of yours have just been these like is it ghostbusters 2 is it ghostbusters like, 2 i don't know what's going on but <laughs> well now you now you know like of all the of all the twitter games that i i'm ignoring all of them but his is the one that and the funny part is the algorithm's working because the more i reply to his the more the algorithm makes sure i see every time he right. posts so <laughs> Just daily, I can just throw stuff. Is it Ghostbusters 2? Is it Ghostbusters 2? I appreciate um, that you go cut your own uh, video clips for GIFs when yeah. they don't exist because I also do this. And I'm like, anyone who does it, I'm like, if you do this, it means that you really appreciate the joke you want to make because you needed that content. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I think on Proton Charging, I'm going to... Well, I guess now that I think about it, I do a lot of responding on the proton charging account via gifts and all that sort of yeah. thing. Like, uh, what was it? Elon Musk yesterday. What did he say? Oh, impersonating people is, uh, is wrong. And immediately <laughs> I just had to retweet him and post. That's great. Ray. Thanks very much. Like, it's just <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, or what was the other one? Oh, yeah. The, so that's the only time I strayed outside of, of horror and haunted games is somebody said, post a picture of a fictional character who would absolutely pay for Twitter blue. And I put uh, Jack, Jack Hardemeyer up there. I'm like, oh, you know that guy's paying for, <laughs> paying for so his true. Twitter blue check mark, right? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, let's see here. Venkman absolutely has a legacy blue check mark yeah and is torn between too cool for school about losing it and not liking the fact that he may lose it and then you got on the other side you got jack hardemeyer who will 
absolutely pay the eight bucks to get a, <laughs> a fake check mark. I've given too much thought lately to what does Professor uh, or like what is Professor Peter Venkman? What's his life like? He's Professor Emeritus, so they give him like some big uh, recognition, right? And he's really super important in this apparent marketing department, but the marketing department is in the state university of New York and Cortland. Like this is not like one of the premier SUNY schools folks. So I've like been thinking about this, like what's his life like? Like he, he, what would he react to in terms of looking at Twitter? What is Vankman's take on social media and how to utilize it? You know, but yeah, yeah, exactly. What does Ghostbusters social marketing look like, you know, in, in that universe? And maybe we'll find out in the next movie. Like, maybe we'll find out the Ghostbusters maybe. have like a, a, a TikTok. <laughs> I'd like to see. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see. Um, how would this work? Ray probably has. An Instagram account linked to an Etsy store. Like that, that's, that's the system he's using to promote the stuff that he gets in. See, I can't decide if he'd have the Etsy store or if he would just be like, Hey, you can pay me via PayPal friends and family. <laughs> Don't use the yeah. regular service. Cause I'll have to pay the fees. But if you can hook me up on friends and family, then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe sort of like the, the extra take of the Ghostbusters that they used to stand in as news footage yeah. on YouTube in Afterlife. Maybe some background thing we'll get to see. Uh, one of the last things we kind of kicked around on the cross rip was the fact that the movie was filmed 2019? Yeah. And was supposed to be set in 2019. So if it had been successful, any movie they did after that was going to be you know, within a, a couple of years, right? Because right. that's the push now. If, he, if you're going to do a sequel, you're going to get it out within a couple of years. Yep. But because of the pandemic, it spread things out. That'll work well in the end because it does kind of sound like the kids are coming back, but the kids will all be older now. It yep. works out kind of nicely. But it also means that there's this gap between Afterlife 2019 and Firehouse 2023 where – if the Ghostbusters as a business has been revived, uh, you know, Winston maybe made, you know, put on a Ted talk. Like it'd be cool to see in a computer <laughs> yeah. somewhere is that, that he's given some sort of talk about, you know, ter- like the business model in the, you know, uh, of, of the weird or something like that, right? <laughs> like the unusual, how to turn the unusual idea into a business. That'd be awesome. I would love to see Ernie Hudson up on stage. He's doing the, He's doing, and he's got the one, the little wire mic that only comes halfway down your <laughs> and cheek. He's tenting you know his ones. fingers, <laughs> yeah, tenting his fingers, <laughs> and he's doing the practice talk hand gestures and all that and stuff on the screen. He's got the clicker for the stuff on the screen behind him. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a big part of the movie; it just has to kind of be there to kind of fill in that over the last five years he's been hustling <laughs> to turn this into a The title of the thing. talk is <laughs> "Financial Tools and Talent." <laughs> Right, it's just yeah. like <laughs> that's a <laughs> or some spin on that. Like you've got the yeah. talent, but do you have the financial tools? <laughs> that's right. 
And it's just full of him. I used to say, I love this town, but that was before I went bankrupt the first time. Like, it's just... You don't have to call anybody. You have the financial tools and talent. Uh, well, that's getting a bit more Tony Robbins sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that's, that also spins a little bit of Venkman, right? That's where it starts yeah. to go from like, let me give you an earnest pitch about the benefits and sort of like a TED talk is always sort of like the very like, here's how capitalism can be progressive. <laughs> right? Here's how by utilizing yeah. intellectual thought, research and money, we can solve problems. <laughs> Whereas the, the different pitch that Bankman gives is like, I've got a secret to success. Use my secret system and you can unlock magical secrets to power and fortune and fame. Like, <laughs> I mean, usually TED Talks are about something that the person believes in and supports something they do yeah. and believe in a lot. So I think Winston's would probably be a lot to drive home the fact that you may not have encountered a ghost, but they are real. Like just to drive, start to drive home the idea that in an era, because there's always been this running joke that in an era where we're all carrying around like 4K cameras in our pocket, right? Sooner or later, somebody should. And actually, it does 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 kind of happen uh, happen whether you believe in the footage or not. Certainly, there's been more and more footage. Again, some of it you just toss out because you're like, that's garbage, that's fake, that's garbage, that's fake. And then there's, well, that's <laughs> weird. So we'll just put that aside. But in a world where we're all carrying around cameras, you should start to see more and more uh, recordings of weird phenomena, UFOs or like, why have we got a good picture of a Bigfoot? Why are we still looking at right. that weird 16 millimeter film <laughs> sort of thing, right? But that's to be the thing. Like he he can drive home the fact. Actually, the TED talk is him going on that we started the business in the eighties, pre internet, and the business rolled over because, you know, it, the word was not out there. A lot of people were still encountering the strange, not realizing what they were encountering, and not realizing that there were people like us that had the solution. Now it's twenty twenty three, and we're back yeah. because there is a lot more information. There's a lot more proof. Everybody's That'd got be like, a inside. camera in their doorbell. <laughs> like, yes. And, and, and inside baseball, to drive people nuts, too, is if he's, like, cycling through clips, like Instagram videos and, and TikTok clips and stuff like that, of people who have, a you know, a half-decent recording of something weird happened, just a couple of frames flash by of... Uh, of uh, uh, Wig from uh, Answer the Call, do her YouTube video, Ghosts are real! Like, just click, <laughs> click, click. And people are like, wait, no. Urgh! Like, just drive a portion of fans absolutely over the brink <laughs> with a quick little nod to Answer the Call. It that would be, would be hilarious. <laughs> I would pay money to see Winston Zedmore's uh, TED Talk. Well, you you actually would, just like you accidentally did this, but this is because you are you know smart and you're you and you ran this you ran a podcast that was better than I this talked too much for a long time. But like, no, I was gonna get onto like you just opened a doorway into like three things that I wanted to talk okay. to you about all at once. By Lay it on me. Concept. So the first one <laughs> uh, is this because like uh, it's hang on it's, hang on uh, I, before before you do it, Winston would do a TED talk. Ray would absolutely do a TED Talk X. Oh yeah, no, he's a TEDx speaker That's, for sure, and he's, he's like a TEDx speaker, and he's like a TEDx speaker at like a community college, like in Queens or something. Like it's or yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and he would absolutely, and he would absolutely talk for twenty minutes about you know the the 
sponge that migrated a foot and a half. But anyways, and keep going. The footage they would use would just be the interview that Dan Aykroyd did with Larry King on CNN. <laughs> like many <right>. years ago. <laughs> Where he's like, the UFOs won't be coming here because they know that humanity and it'll just be that would be it. That's they just take that transcript and put it into a TEDx talk. That's <laughs> It's it's either that or he's giving a presentation about uh, 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 strange uh, artifact from uh, uh, Mesoamerica, <laughs> and it's a it's a crystal skull, and it it literally is modeled after the bottle of a bottle of crystal skull. It doesn't have the cap <laughs> on it, but it's just this. <laughs> we found this out in the mountains. There were a lot of carvings in this old bottle. Carvings. <laughs> We be- we believe the Herkimer the Herkimer quartz of the mountain focused PKE energy. Anyway. We do need a world where these two things somehow like really like just, just let them put this into the canon somehow. Give us Herkimer diamonds. Just- Herkimer diamonds. That's a little too over the top. But you know what? If we're gonna see raise the cult again, you can you can you can have a glass blower lop the the spout off of the top of a bottle. And just put it on a shelf somewhere. Put it next to a real skull, an obsidian skull, and it's then this crystal skull. Slime. Just that's you know I've long right. I've long said that if I had managed to get one of those uh like echo oh. coolers from the uh, well here you know, here 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 that, but here hang on one sec what just just yeah, yeah. start talking and I'll be right back okay I'm gonna keep talking Chris is gonna be right back. I'm watching Chris's office chair spin. It's kind of funny. He like took off the to go rare somewhere. occasion that I actually dress up. <laughs> I used to wear these. They're a bit cumbersome, but I really like them. Was um, I got myself? Oh yeah. So these are the little. I bought some of these. These are like little airplane yeah. bottles of uh, crystal skull. Yeah. You can fill with stuff. Yep. They're fill awesome. with. So I got. I got basically shampoo. I'm pretty sure. So I got yeah. some green slime shampoo. Some pink slime shampoo. And then just because uh, being a complete video game nerd, I have the black slime. The black slime. Because you so, have to. Because So I'm, use, I'm using tiny little crystal skulls as sample bottles. <laughs> it's funny. I've done the same carry. thing. <laughs> yeah. I know everybody. Like, I know a lot of displays out there for franchise and all that. It's just awesome. I just love doing that. No, they, they work so well. Um, they're very effective for that purpose. Uh, so the question I wanted to get into, and I'm like, now sure. I want to figure out which of them I want to go at. Um, let's talk about this first. So I have been thinking about this because I read an article more recently, but I watched a movie mm-hmm. that made me think about this first. Have you seen this Netflix movie? Uh, we have a ghost. I've heard about this next <clears throat> movie. We have a ghost. I, have I seen it? No, I haven't seen it. So without spoiling I want to see it. Because without spoiling yeah. it, because I want, like, people, I think people should watch this movie. Like, it's, to be fair, it's like a Netflix, you know, direct produced movie. It has bumps and warts in it. And I've sort of said the writing is yeah. uneven, but there's who, some cool concepts Will, there for Ghostbusters fans. Is it Will Forte? No, it's who wrote or it, you it, mean, or who's in it? No, no, who's in it? No, the um, guy who's in it is uh, the, is uh, Anthony uh, Mackie, the guy who's uh, cap- the new Captain America dude. Is right. Uh, okay, I might be thinking of a different one. Then. Yeah, I think you're thinking of a different movie. But have, this is a movie that's about uh, a family crazy. that... I moves- have a backlog of, of, of Netflix <laughs> movies about ghosts, is all this means. This is a movie that uh, where a family moves into a haunted house and discovers they have a ghost, and the ghost tries to scare them away. But instead, the kid who lives in the house like becomes friends with the ghost. Um, oh yes this is a more recent one i'm yeah thinking, this like yeah, came out like last one. like a few months ago so yeah 
I have seen that. I do want to see that. So I won't spoil um, it for you because that would be bad. But my question yeah, please is, don't because I, I do want to see it in yeah. th- in that's that movie made me think about this question. And I'll just leave it at that for people who've already seen it. And then okay. I saw a more recent article where I don't even want to say the article was recent as much as I saw it after watching this movie. Um, there was a CBR article, which normally I'm not like, hey, CBR is awesome. They're a great source of news. But in this case, it was just kind of commentary. Um, and the article was called a dark Ghostbusters theory turns the team into villains. This was an article by Nicholas Brooks. And essentially in this article, he lays out the idea that afterlife establishes that benevolent ghosts exist, that benevolent ghosts exist. And and if they can get their unfinished business or whatever it is underway, then they can move on. And that's sort of Egon's tale, right? Is like Egon has, he can't move on because his like body is so, his spirit is so committed to stopping Gozer that he's going to be a ghost, right? Is arguably Mm -hmm. what the, I mean, you could say, no, it's because there's so much paranormal activity in the area that he can't, whatever. Like there's tons of reasons, I guess, as plot armor, you could say as to why he doesn't just move on or whatever, but he does after the, City's like plan has been executed. So fine. So this article, article the, the author Nicholas Brooks sort of speculates and says, like, if Egon can move on and he was benevolent, then doesn't that also mean that the Ghostbusters potentially like locked up and imprisoned a bunch of other like innocents right, that were potentially like in the containment unit? That maybe we're like subjected to research or subjected to different like, how can we do these different things in order to, you know, uh, better trap ghosts? Let's experiment on the ones we have. And that that would have not just meant like malevolent spirits that potentially came and haunted people and, you know, made the walls bleed and uh, all kinds of other things that were scary, but that were just people who were stuck there for one reason or another. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, sort of like, this is an interesting thing to unpack and think about, like at a story level, like, are they like, do, how do we deal with that? Like, especially like, I don't know, in a contemporary world of thinking about how prisons, policing, all the our thoughts on that has changed, yeah. you know? Um, well, here's the, it, it becomes a, a lesson in world building and more to the point drives home the fact that Ghostbusters as a movie is a concept. And it doesn't really have a lot of world building done around it. So it's sort of like if you're going to make a vampire movie, you have to make sure you lay the foundation for what the rules of the vampires are. Like love it or hate it. Twilight lays out. This is how our vampires work. It's not the (laughs) same as. Right. And it changes for all of them because like, you know, a lot of the Dracula movies or vampire movies. um, Uh they kind of pull pieces from older stuff and like, these are the rules. And so the stuff that you think is common stake through the heart, um, sunlight kills and all that sort of thing. Right. Like that was the big thing about Coppola's, um, uh, Dracula with, uh, Gary Oldman Mm -hmm. was he went back to Stoker's book and, and the concept is, is he's powerful at night. He's not, and he's powerless or to, you know, less powerful during the day. Right. But the day doesn't kill him. He can wander. Stuff like that, right? Like, and like, what's a good example? What was the name of that? Speaking of Netflix, there was that one about set in the future where the military was going around. The ghosts were like, but it was some sort of weird. It, it turned out it was a science fiction thing that it was 
they glowed because of like the Chernikov radiation or whatever. They they was they ghosts were a nuclear accident and the okay. people that I survived. Were, <clears throat> I'd have to look that one up. I, I got a list going now, so at the end I'll have this weird footnote. Here's all the movies I referenced, but could not <laughs> remember the name. Um, <clears throat> but they they didn't have ghost ghosts, but they kind of sold it as ghosts, and everybody called them ghosts. And then, oh, it was weird science fiction. Ghostbusters had, doesn't have rules. Ghostbusters had a lot of really great ideas that were right. set pieces to do the comedy of a bunch of guys that did this as a job. And then by the time they made a second and a third, well, even by the time they got to the second one, oh boy, I think even by the time the second one hadn't come out, but the role-playing game came out, people automatically were starting to naturally ask, well, actually, no, sorry, I'm <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TEDx talk, everybody. I'm all over the place. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I, as I recall it now, the the role-playing game dealt with it because the role-playing game was the thing that realized that the doors were open. Yeah. You could fight aliens, you could fight werewolves, and you could deal with the fact that ghosts might not be extra-dimensional monsters, meaning you didn't necessarily have to, like, trap them. Right. It left the door open for you to deal with them with a magic book or to, you know, charm them into leave, you know, or if you have a, if you have a, uh, you know, doctorates in psychology and parapsychology, maybe you just sort of therapy them through to the other side <laughs> right. or what have you. But in the movies, that's not, and this is kind of the exciting part about the movie still moving ahead and going international and the talk of like the, the Netflix series and all that. They're going to have to build the world. Right. And I think Jason's a smart enough guy to understand that too. They, that, that they're now, and that's fine because frankly, it's fun watching them bust ghosts. There's always room for a little montage if nothing else, or a couple of throwaway ghosts, but it opens the door up to, well, at the end of the day, if you think about it, Ghostbusters 2 could have been handled if they'd opened the door to, we got to get at this book and we got to read this spell or whatever. Because they were right. literally <clears throat> dealing with a wizard, right? Yeah. He wasn't even a ghost. He no. was just a, well, a I, that- I don't remember. Who I, I forget who I talked <clears throat> about this with. Like, they've really dealt with very few ghosts. Right, like yeah. Gozer's not a ghost. It's not a Gozer's lie. a deity, no. right? And arguably, yeah. Gozer reanimates the dead, and that's where ghosts come from in that in that paradigm, right? But it's like Vigo's yeah. not a ghost; he's an an, an immortal magician, right, or sorcerer who's using like dark yeah. spells, and that causes reanimation of the dead. But it's the kind of a weird thing to think about that it's like it's never ghosts in the world so far of at least cinematic stuff. That I mean, like yeah. cartoon-wise, a different story, but like cinematically, it's never really been ghosts that are the ba- big bad. It's some other no. thing that causes some ghosts. other thing. Yeah, yeah. And they and they kind of well, they kind of weirded it up that one half of the stuff they're fighting are extra-dimensional creatures, but then with Egon, it drives home the fact that oh, humans can potentially become ghosts. In the earthly realm. <laughs> right. Well, that's a bit weird. Um, and I think, was it the video game, the 2019 video game, that the librarian ghost is is a human? And I think they kind of, kind of went with the idea that the longer a human ghost wanders the world, the more they kind of detach from they their deform. old humanity. Yeah, they kind of like, and they deform and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, 
Yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, there is no ethics of the whole thing because it's just literally a set piece to let the right. guys save the day, right? Like, that's just it. What's kind of funny is, like, you were talking about the idea that, like, many of these other things have rules, right? Like, I was thinking about, like, start, yeah. like, start, I'm watching a lot of Star Trek Picard lately. Because um, I'll just right. say this. If you haven't been watching season three of Star Trek Picard and you're a Next Generation fan, yeah. like, go and watch yeah. it. If you thought the last two seasons of Star Trek Picard, like, made you want to throw your, like, uniform that you have for cosplay in a dumpster fire, um, go watch Star Trek Picard season three and be redeemed. But uh, I... Yeah. They've been even doing in their new world building, like, they're talking about changelings and they have to explain... How do new changelings operate differently from old changelings in order to make the narrative go? Whereas Ghostbusters, ironically yeah. enough, like the first movie, it sets up rules. And then in the like last act, it's like, break the rules. <laughs> That's how we're saving the day. This is how the equipment works. This is how it works safely. Except now, just break the rules. You got to make it. Right? Like, yeah. and, and so it doesn't have even its own consistency to some extent in terms of how the equipment is like, why do they survive that? They arguably should not. Right. Like there's a slim chance that if we cross the streams, we won't die. And then it becomes like a mechanism and like a, and up like the next two movies later, they're like, well, we had the slim chance of survival last time or at the end of afterlife. Let's try it again. Then we just worked last time. We didn't die. And you're like, but why? Right. There's no real yeah. rules to that. And I love don't get me wrong. I'm not like stupid Ghostbusters, stupid afterlife. Like I'm not getting all angry about it, but like it is kind of funny to consider that, that like even in like the sense yeah. of how does the busting work? There's not really a defined set of rules to even understand what's happening at an ethical level before you go. Yeah. Is it imprisonment or do you like at a metaphysical level? Do you experience being in the containment unit? What's that like for you? You know, and that's yeah. yeah. stuff stuff that the more that you do entries into the world, the more you have to deal with it. So the cartoon very quickly went to everything is an extra dimensional creature <laughs> right. with very few exceptions. And yes, they all go happily live in a pocket dimension. That is the laser containment. What's a laser containment unit? A pocket <laughs> dimension. It has like lots of just... rocks in it and floating platforms. <laughs> yeah. And, and even, even there, not a lot of good rules because if it's like, if it's a pocket dimension, well, these things are jumping between dimensions. Like, <laughs> how hard is it for, well, can't go back to Earth. We'll go home. So they one day look into the unit and it's just half empty because uh, <laughs> the more powerful ones went, ah, screw it. We're out of here. Like, just, <laughs> right. We'll just go to a parallel plane. Why are we staying here? We'll this just, is dumb. We'll just leave. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, every time they do a movie now, it's going to have to fit. Or you're yeah. going to have to be prepared to explain some stuff. I think so. You know I... But you know what? It's been pretty clear that, uh, you know, Gail Keenan and, and Jason Reitman and all that, these guys, they think about this just about as much as we do. So I'm yeah. pretty sure if there isn't a world Bible being built right, you know, already, yeah. it's, it's, it's got to be underway soon. Absolutely. Right? You just can't, by the time you get to a fourth movie, putting aside, you know, the, the, the pocket dimension third or whatever you want to call it there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you're going to move beyond that, you better and do a TV show. Like everything's going to have to fit more right. and more now. I mean, even the video it's game gonna have have to be, now is supposedly soft canon, right? It's not like rigidly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's like, it's gonna, it borrows from the movies rather than it informs the movies, but it's also yeah, supposed to, it, you know, be tied. So going, going ahead. And I think you and I talked about this last time we talked, it's going to have to be more like Star Trek. 
right yeah. now or Star Wars right now. doesn't matter if you're doing a cartoon. doesn't matter if you're doing an episodic series or a new movie. They're all in the same world. They got to have the same rules and they better pay attention. So what was the one I was, <laughs> I had a, I had a real dark moment when they dropped the trailer for the Jedi Muppet babies or whatever the hell it is there with the, <laughs> the Jedi kids. Not for me. So I'm not going to worry about it too much, but right. I'm kind of like, so you're doing a show about a bunch of, uh, about Jedi younglings. Like where, where's this going? And I, I went and checked. They were like, yeah, it's like two, 300 years before I'm like, okay, okay good. So they all grow up and die before somebody, somebody cuts them down. Yeah. Good. Before, okay. before the star Wars <laughs> sanctioned school shooting that happens, which is just, yeah, like, you, you, ugh. you thought it through. Okay. That works. So yeah. And that's actually one of the things I'm most excited about. Like I'm again, heading into this new movie. I'm not trying to overthink it. I'm not trying to, try to kind of tune out as best I can. And, but I'm excited to kind of see how they build the world. Cause that's one or rebuild the world. Cause this whole idea of Winston and putting, you know, bringing the ghostbusters as a company back and all that, it is literally taking the, the, the little landmines that the first two left canonically mm-hmm. And finding a place for them in, in in a in a proper franchise moving forward, right. right? In a setup where it's independent of the original four guys, they can be too old to show up. It doesn't matter anymore. We can just start telling stories with all sorts of people. Yep. And uh, yeah, and moving ahead, everything's going to now hopefully stand on. Again, not a great start that your third movie had to like. <laughs> You could you could have just stuck with Muncher, an extra dimensional ghost, but no, you got ego in there, and that's a bit that's a bit <laughs> weird. But okay, um, we'll hey, see. I was Anyways, glad he was I, there. You know, like I'm happy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let's just let's just say you, if it wasn't for the fact that that was a big question mark to deal with. Yeah, you had to deal with the Egon question, which just naturally lends itself to yeah. You know, he's gone, and what the, what that means in the Ghostbusters universe. Um, you, you know, if it wasn't for that, they could have just wiped the slate clean. They could have really dialed it into monsters, not mm-hmm. people sort of thing. And, you know, we'll see. I'm still a big fan of the concept that I want to see talking ghosts. I keep talking about this talking thing. ghosts. I want to see talking. I want to see them fight magicians. I want to, and, and with an angle too. like, I don't need it to turn into Buffy sort of thing where anybody can do magic and all that. Like, I want right. to see the whole concept of sending in the exterminators to deal with i don't know a cockroach with a gun right like that's yeah you can get a gun and shoot back at the cockroach but it's going to be really weird right so you know it'd be really cool to run into something that deals with magic and these are not magically adept people no they're science adept people you know and science adept barely science adept people like these are these these are not even necessarily science people all the time these are just uh training weekend people like these are read the manual people um so yeah it'll be fun to see them deal with with magic uh yeah it'll be fun to see how much they lift from the role-playing game yeah because the role-playing game was a real good template for ghostbusters dealing with whatever was fun to deal with and wasn't you know was all extra paranormal or extra uh extraordinary extra paranormal Extra normal, supernatural, ordinary. Let's just like oh, para ordinary. See now I can go off and write my own series. 
<laughs> and I can use the phrase paraordinary because that's awesome. <laughs> that's a real good phrase that nobody's using. Yeah. It's that's time to cool. write my young adult Ghostbusters ripoff <laughs> book series now. I like dealing that. with the paraordinary. <laughs> Um, I, I've been thinking, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this, uh, a little bit because like, er I've talked about this a couple times on the show that like Ernie Hudson back months ago, um, did some interview that I can't remember where it was, where he said that, you know, we have all these ghosts and they're cute and they like, you know, we cast, we put them in containment unit and that's all great. But like, what is it that's motivating or driving any of this? Like, what's the bigger picture? And he kind of suggested that that was where there was, of you know fun story to tell and that was about the last yeah. thing ernie hudson said about the plot of anything ghostbusters oriented for the next like eight months or whatever because that from there it was just like i don't even know if i'm doing ghostbusters i have no idea um <laughs> i have no idea exactly <laughs> my, Boy, i have a, a plane ticket and i have no idea if i'm doing ghostbusters folks <laughs> like yeah <laughs> there's a lot that a cynical person could read between the lines and all yes. of that but uh agreed and we've talked about that okay on the show, um but what what else? You said you had three things. Yeah. Did you so next thing was roll uh, your dice. Find out what the next thing is. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll roll my Ghostbusters die that I've bought to play with while I. <laughs> there we go. It came up Ghostbusters. That's awesome. Uh, so there you go. The uh, whatever that means. It doesn't mean anything other than everything comes up Ghostbusters now. Uh, I need like a sounds thing every time that happens. We'll make this really cheesy like morning radio. Uh, I think. That there's the potential here. I've been thinking about this because a while back I suggested that like I keep everybody. Some people are getting upset with me, I think, because I keep saying it's time to blow up Ecto-1. Um, and I don't really mean you have to blow it up. I just think that it should move aside and we should replace it with something else. And so I don't know if you've heard me talk about this. And this is like secondary to that. Like, I think that it's time to move on from the 59 Cadillac that like in the universe of like the world, them still using this as a primary vehicle to do anything is silly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense yeah. and it's time like the modernization of ghostbusters has to start to happen with them moving back to new york and sort of like winston coming in and being like i'm a money man who's going to take a successful business and make it work which means we're not going to continue to dump like he'll may restore that car make it a museum piece but we got to move on from it so to be yeah. fair i'm softening a position because the previous position was you got to blow it up like the enterprise to move forward but <clears throat> I think I'd upset some people. So I'm saying you got to put it aside and make it a museum piece or something or make it not the principal vehicle of the business. But this got me into thinking. Yeah. You know, does yeah. that make sense? It does like, make sense. The The fire department here where I live, it's a smaller uh, area, smaller uh, incorporated town. Um, when they did a bunch of rebuilding of the municipal building area, uh, they redid the fire hall from yeah. the old, uh, I think the last time they did one was the 40s. So it was, you know, like a wood barn for all intents and purposes. <laughs> so they, upgrade, they upgraded it to a modern one. And in doing it, they also built beside it, um, like the instead of brick to the corner, it's glass. Um, and it's basically uh, now a full-size display case for one of their old fifties uh, era, the old fifties yeah. era fire truck yep. that the fire department used to use. Yeah. They have fully modern firefighting monsters. Now the old one's not is old, not cutting it hard to keep going uh, and no room for all the, the, the equipment we now need. So they said, yeah, let's just restore it up and it'll come out for parades, but right. otherwise it's just gonna. And I think there's kind of an outside of the movie point that you've got, 
uh, on your side there too, which is after a while it gets expensive and cumbersome to try to move this vehicle around for <laughs> shooting and other right. stuff. Like best best to keep it in as best a shape as possible for display at Sony and rolling out for promotions or special instances right. or or parades. Like at this point if you've got a couple of them, leave one in 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 California, leave the other one in New York yep. and uh, for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> there needs to be a stay puffed. Why is this not happening? We need a stay puffed. Needs to be like so. When's Thanksgiving? The movie's coming out. And just before the movie comes out, it'll be Thanksgiving in the states for the Macy's parade. They need they need the the stay puffed balloon. <laughs> uh, if I was a millionaire, I would also pay for a giant mantis balloon hey, that be, nobody would understand. Be careful! I was like, be careful! You're, you're, you're this is the second time you're referencing something that's gonna upset people. <laughs> Because you're saying 2016 also had a stape of balloon. Although I appreciate your Murray the Mantis reference much better. (laughs) Yeah, it needs a stape of balloon and the 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 ecto and you know that. Oh god, it's it's just built around the idea of calling all the East Coast (laughs) Busters and anybody else who can make it there (coughs) with your uniform and gear to march in it. Right? Why is it only a Dragon Con? We need to move up to full mainstream. <laughs> Ghostbusters needs to take over Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> That's what we need. But but anyways, the point is is I see what you, I see your point and the the fact is it's only going to get weirder and weirder as time goes on that this So how old is that thing now? That's for 59, 59 so right? So if you figure that it's plus like 20, 20, 64 years old, right. right? Like it's not going to be too long before that thing is three quarters of a century old and let's be very practical anything they need to do to replace anything on it is unobtainium that's why everybody who likes to buy like anybody who's working on a project to restore one is like oh i've got one away but i'm trying to find the glass and it's like yeah because the glass is unobtainium at this point because it's the most fragile thing that existed and so buying just replacement glass costs you thousands of dollars right and takes you it is like yeah uh, that's I'm not like don't get me wrong I don't want anybody out there to be like yeah. what's wrong with you you don't love hearses and like of course I love the Ecto-1 and of course I love hearses and like all of that's awesome but like at a practical level at a story and narrative level I have been saying for a while like it's got to be something else and I don't want it to be a Tesla like my running joke is that the battle like the the, the, core, the core of the next movie's like subplot is that Ray yeah. and Winston have a rift because Ray is like no we got to get you know keep the old ways and Winston is like what are you talking about we've got nuclear accelerators why are we even on the power grid like we could be like just fueling our own vehicles and making all of our own right? electricity. And why the hell are we even hooked up to the power grid in New York city when we could just run a whole bunch of electric cars around. And then like the end of the movie is Ray, like driving in and plowing through with the Ecto one and destroying it in an act of saving everybody. But he's like got a brand new, like set of equipment on the top. That's all Tesla powered or something. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. <laughs> but this, well, I don't know it's stupid. Yeah. But, what like, I guess it's, it's just like, I don't know. yeah. If you're gonna, it, it's gonna have to happen anyways because if they they do branch out the concept of Ghostbusters around the world, either in the Netflix series or in this movie coming up or future movies, they can't all be have an ecto right. Like, right. If if for example, 
the reason they're shooting in England has anything to do with the fact that some of the movie is in England and they've, you know, they've rebuilt the firehouse. So that's New York by way of London. And they've sent the car there apparently. Well, that's the car pretending to be in New York by way of London sort of thing. But if you actually had a team in the UK, yeah, they would not be trying to keep a Miller Meteor up and no, running. No, they would not be like, like let's if keep you think, this American car that's an antique piece. Like, okay. Right, no. <laughs> uh, you know, you could, uh, they would 100%, I don't know, be rolling around in a Land Rover. Or if they wanted to be all fancy, there's some some old Bentley that you could, <laughs> right. like, soup up. They're like, we have whatever, a mineral really. oil-powered Bentley. Like, that's... <laughs> right. <laughs> That would be the car and actually, in Ghostbusters world. It totally would be like a mineral oil powered powered car. Like I think, yeah, I think I think the way to <laughs> honor the original as an icon, but not have to, you know, keep it propped up and moving forward. And and the way to, it's just if you're going to go tell stories of other teams, this is presumptive at this point, not a hundred percent, but assuming they do, because that makes way more sense. If you're going to move ahead. Just like Star Wars, you can't tell stories with the original characters forever. You right. have to start telling stories with new characters all the time. Every time you have a new group, one of the questions is, yeah, what's their car going to look like? What's their Ecto going to look like? Right. That's just <laughs> part of the fun right. of tuning into a new thing is what have they chosen as their, their Ecto vehicle? And that would just be awesome. I mean, even like the Hollowgate game has decided that it's like a hover car. It's like yeah. some flying yeah. hover ecto thing. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're getting in the next movie. But, no, you know. well that, that that's just making uh, gameplay mechanics fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like that's how do we lose made. through a, a VR world fast? The car flies. Yeah, do that. Great works. <sighs> like doesn't have don't have to worry about the physics of a lot of other things. Um, <laughs> do you but, remember? I forget his name. Because this would go back thirty years now, and I'm having trouble. I actually went looking. When the the hollow gate showed off the the car, I wanted to go find because I have a three twenty by two forty little move clip of somebody was trying to do uh like inspired by reboot or whatever it was trying to do an early days animated Ghostbusters and they had oh, really? a flying ecto. I, I don't think I've now. seen. So if I, if I find it when this goes up, I will try and find it and I will throw it up on mine. We'll link them together. So people, along along with my footnote list of movies that I can't remember the titles to. <laughs> uh, anyways, anyway. no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people are always going to gripe because people don't want some people don't like change. Yeah, it's not. And the thing is, is change. Sometimes change for the sake of change is not necessarily healthy, but. Change is inevitable, right? Like as a force of nature, uh, a force of reality, change just happens whether it has you like to it or not, and it has to happen. And it's not being mean; it's not disrespecting the past. It's sometimes just, you know, sometimes it makes more sense to just let it kind of, it, 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 you know, let it sit as it is, sort of thing, rather than trying to force it into a weirder and weirder position in the future. Let's just enjoy what it was for three movies and, mm -hmm. and you know, kind of move on. I don't know. We'll see. 
So here's the, we'll to bring it back to the TED talk because there was this like I oh, it's sure. okay I start I, I did this because I'm like hey there's what's been going on with this conversation about the Ecto one and like to be like fair I don't want a Tesla and I've said that I also don't really want like Sprinter vans because I kind of just hate them but um, they yeah. also are probably the thing that makes they're the super most practical sense. they are this like super practical. Ford Transit vans are also super practical like I saw one of those on the road the other day and I was like this could totally work if you were. I mean, I don't know that they would ever do it, but, and to be honest, in reality, they're not great cars. (laughs) They're okay cars, but they have issues was those Magnums are really good Ectos. They are. They looked really good. They really do. And the thing is, is they were the last of modern styled cars that have kind of like that stretch, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, wagon back sort of design. I can't think of. World of hatchbacks, a world of. Cr- I mean, now that like I mentioned Subaru it, I mean, Outback I draw- is basically like your your best your best option. Super, you know? yeah. Or, or to be honest, I drive a, a Dodge Journey, and mm-hmm. I've looked at it sometimes ago. You know what? That's actually not terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like but you could has, see like that the SUV as a- became like you know like the Honda. Like I have a Honda CRV, and I have yeah. not ectofied it, but I've seen other people do it, and I yeah. have the rack and gotten that far to plan how I would do it and then got lazy and then went, you know, what's easier <laughs> than doing all this manual labor is like, I think I'll make a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Way easier. Well, yeah, the CRVs are what have taken over the road. And I think they're the easy, yeah. they're the easy in or the rap. Uh, I still dream of getting one of those hard top cases for, for your vehicle. I have a rack on mine. Yeah. So if I get one of the hard cases for camping, putting like, gear into and all right. that to go camping. Uh in my head, I would get a uh a vinyl wrap on it that replicates the the ecto uh <laughs> equipment on the roof. Right. So that the roof rack hard case has the the stuff printed on the <laughs> side and all that. That'll be my that's as that's as far as I would go. Um so I mean you could do the magnums for quite some time. A ma- yeah. white mag like Dodge Magnums you could keep those running in in movies for years yeah, to come for sure. if you wanted to go that way, and I think they're a nice move beyond the uh, you know GM's classic there. But yeah, sprinter the sprinter vans are quite obvious ones. Um, I don't know. I jokingly said that it would be cool to take a sprinter like a, a Ford Transit van and then just put a wrap on it that makes it look like a ghost trap. Because like, it's already a rectangle, so you could just like, like yeah. it's a giant RC trap that just drives down the street. <laughs> just Not, that's yeah, what, exactly. they don't even drive around in like a, a thing that looks like the Ecto One anymore. They just show up in a giant trap on wheels, like the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, but for ghost traps. The, the other one that I'm pretty sure there must be thousands <laughs> of them lying around is those BMW two seaters. Yeah. The what do they call them? Two fours, whatever. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I know from experience because they were they were a car co op vehicle in Vancouver for a number of years, and I I had a membership for it. I have picked up Ghostbusters <laughs> uh, as they came into town, and their hatchback at the back, which is very small, is just enough for a kit bag and their pack. <laughs> so I could very easily see two Ghostbusters crammed into a tiny little car. Right. <laughs> with with two packs perfectly set in yep. that tiny little space in the back. Like, and to be honest, zipping around in one of those, especially in Europe. Actually, that's, there you go. Whatever right. European teams have, they can have one of those. Two-man teams, two-person teams running around. <laughs> 
with two packs in the back, and they're already built, so they have those removable trim panels that you can just right. put the. That's where the 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 red accent comes <laughs> in is, is is along the the one the one side up and over the door and along the the back, and then that foil they have where the hatchback opens up. You make that red, slap on a no ghost logo, done, ready to go. I love done. It. Um, so this, this is the like roundabout way to the actual question that we've talked about cars. Oh my God. <laughs> How long have we been talking? No, it's for, okay. I don't know, 53 minutes, but like, uh, total, but, <laughs> but really the actual question that comes back to the, this is all came from this conversation about okay. pre- previous conversations about the Ecto one is what sort of like led me to start thinking about this. And it ties into this marketing Ted talky discussion we were having. In a world mm. of today, right? Like in a world where Ghostbusters comes back, like imagine a world where Ghostbusters mm-hmm. exists. It's now like a corporation yep. again. We're post afterlife. Yep. You've got Peter Venkman around as a marketing guru. He's not necessarily working at the firehouse, but he's working remote from Cortland um, in his house. He's like <laughs> zooming in, right? And they're having like yep. pitch meetings. And he's like, here's what we can do. We can start to create like paranormal products. Like, I'm at like, what kinds of products do we get? Like, do you start getting the ring camera that also has the built in PKE detector to, (laughs) to catch the ghosts in your house when you're not home or like, like what could you potentially see come out of the universe in a world where Ghostbusters doesn't die as just the paranormal elimination service, but instead pivots into like basically the Sony consumer products division. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, that's a good question. I like the idea of the, yeah, the ring camera. I like the idea of Ghostbusters International partnering with Amazon or Google or something. <laughs> it's like direct drop shipping. They're like the, the direct servicer. that Just everything shows up in Amazon vans. <laughs> yeah. And you can install it. Like, let's put it this way. We live in a world where there are people selling like, you know, um, EMF meters and stuff like that to supposedly see ghosts and all that. Right. It's not that big of a step in a world where people are slightly more familiar with ghosts as a reality to sell this stuff to them, especially in a world where people are now more and more buying dash cams. They're happy to have a, you know, a ring camera at their door so they can watch the delivery guy drop off stuff and all that. And yeah, you think you got a ghost? No problem. These cameras are cheap. They got a little basic PKE sensor in it that'll trip. Um, I started thinking about ghost motels. Like, you know, those roach motels that like catch yeah. roaches in your house. Like, what if you had like an, an auto, de- an auto trap that you just left in your house? And <laughs> just Well, like- <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, so you can buy the set, you get yourself the, the thing, the meter, it triggers, it takes this little reading. You can sign up like a security company and it'll, you <laughs> yeah. know. You spit it via app to the Ghostbusters. They'll look at it and go, you know, it's only a class one or whatever. Uh, did you want to order one of the traps? And then, yeah, it's just like a mouse trap because you don't really <laughs> need to wear it down with the thing. Or it's like, oh, I see. You have a full blown cross rip in your, 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 your <laughs> den. One of our traps is not going to handle that. Did you, but you can do lots of fun stuff there too. Like, uh, well, just don't go in the den until we can get there. And they send like, it could be anything. It could be like some related uh, piece to the, uh, um, like the laser traps that they had in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. The tripod or, traps. 
Yeah. What else? Like, I'm t- I, or they could just start, you know, send money to Doug Banks and them and just start lifting the equipment <laughs> they started thinking of. Because I think they had a couple of things that you could repurpose as uh, as fun things that you could sell to somebody too, right? I think my house is haunted. And <laughs> you buy, the, oh, what was that piece called? It was the one in the, in the, the podcast we did with the Ghostbusters Resurrection. The one that kind of read the faint readings of the room. Mm-hmm. So imagine it's 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 like the black light in a hotel room, only to see all <laughs> the weird ghosts living in your house. Right. Like there's so like just so, and then I got this idea that like what if that was a thing that was happening in the Ghostbusters world, but it was actually happening like because competitors like came along and stole the existing research and they were like, oh, well, the right. Ghostbusters went out of business, but we tapped into the existing research that existed in the documents left behind that we used it to come up with a PKE detector and combined it with this laser grid containment system. And so like the Ghostbusters are trying to start back up, but they find that there's a company already out there that's kickstarted solutions to buy for your home. And they're like, what are we supposed to do? Like, people yeah. can just go to Home Depot after this and go get the stuff they need to bust their own ghosts. Like... <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> we're going to need a lot of Ghostbusters for this problem. How are we going to get equipment up together in time? Well, if we can get the plutonium, Alibaba will sell us the packs, apparently. Like, <laughs> right. <just, laughs> Ghostbusters Proton Pack, $300. What? <laughs> but I don't, a replica? I don't know. No, no. If you can put the power source in, these things will apparently run. But I think um, cool yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters has a cross promotional deal with Expedia. It's like can't live, can't stay in your house tonight because it's haunted. Twenty five percent off at, at at the nearest Wyndham Hotel. Go ahead. <laughs> but go. it's it's kind of funny. But it's like imagine that world where like Ghostbusters is actually an active franchise, and as opposed to like mm-hmm. Sony creating a, a, a product tie in marketing with like you know raising Kane's chicken or something or you know or like or Tim Hortons yeah. or whoever like they're well here's it's a, actually yeah. the Ghostbusters right like <laughs> here's the thing you've touched on something this goes back to the other thing we were talking about which is one of the first rules that's going to have to be laid down especially after Afterlife where it's pretty clear that again in the pre-internet social media age the idea that there was concrete proof of ghosts right over a five year period <laughs> did not set the world on fire. Right. <laughs> now we're in a social media era. How often do ghosts occur and how much do the population believe in it? So like, are we, do we go from a, nobody believes it or whatever the baseline was in the eighties, you know, 10% right. of it. One in every 10 people believed in ghosts. They never saw one. They didn't understand it, but they, you know, they were basically open to the idea. Now we live in a world where more and more of this stuff's coming up. What's a, is there an analogy? These trying to think of what it might be. I don't know. But the point is, is like one of the rules they're going to have to set out is just how much does the world of Ghostbusters believe in ghosts? Yeah. How much is the word out there and how much is the word believed? Because that will be a very big deal. And it, and it, this doesn't affect the, the current thing we're talking about, which is the idea of somebody selling ripoff Ghostbusters doodads <laughs> and all that. Right. Because we do currently live in a world where the percentage of people that 
believe that they can wander around and see a ghost. Hi, Paul Gagnon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's already gear out there that you can go get. I mean, some of it is potentially just off the shelf, but there are also people you pick up 40 and times magazine and somebody's running an ad that you can sure. buy super awesome EMF meters right. off them and stuff like that. So we already live in a world where the percentage, there are people marketing to the people that believe in ghosts. So it doesn't matter if everybody in the world believes they're ghosts or the numbers barely blip at all in the Ghostbusters universe. You can still have this great idea of somebody. Yeah. Like a, you buy the ring phone with the camera or the, or the <laughs> ring doorbell with, with the, or you can get it with a trip meter as well. It doesn't have to be just a motion sensor or any, or it doesn't have to be somebody pressing the bell. You could have the PKE option and all this. And for the people who are kind of aware and worried about that stuff, be it one in 10 people, one in a hundred people, everybody, it doesn't matter. Like, right. That's still there. But for the sake of world building, What's the level that the world believes in ghosts? Like, so what happens in a social media age when Oklahoma, a small town in Oklahoma, like a lot of people saw ghost stuff happening. Yeah. <laughs> in a social media age and afterlife. So that's probably, that's definitely going to help set the stage for the return of Ghostbusters. But you're then, there's still the uphill battle of don't believe anything you see online. Who cares what people on TikTok say? Uh, all this stuff. Uh, it's a small town, mass hysteria. Like this, you right. can still uh, say that a small town went a little. Well, it's kind of funny, like because even in Afterlife, right? Hmm. Like they talk about the the original Manhattan cross rip, and it's like Phoebe doesn't know about it, podcast doesn't know about it, but then they go talk to Trevor, and Trevor's like, "Oh yeah, I've heard about the Manhattan ghost stories." <laughs> it's just like, oh, "Yeah, I know about those," and it's just like, "Okay, so right. you know, like, but so if you know about the Manhattan ghost stories, and you're like 15 or 16, but you're 12 year old." Sister doesn't <laughs> like how common, yeah. how commonly known are the Manhattan ghost stories? And did it just become like there was never enough? There just ran out of haunting. So nobody stopped thinking about it anymore. Like, you know, that's the same way the business went out of business. It was like there wasn't any more paranormal activity. So everybody was like, whatever, that's over. Like, right. Like, do the, does the, did the New York, uh, you know, cross rip. Is it filed away in. East Coast cultural oral history, or yeah, whatever. like is it like a hurricane? The same, the same way, like yeah, Hurricane Sandy, or um, was the big power outage in the seventies or eighties or whatever. There, sure. stuff like that, yeah, right? yeah. Like the the day the sky went black, most people never were never anywhere near Central Park West, right? But they know the skies turned black in the middle of the day. It wasn't. Some people, it's like, oh, it's Eclipse, and other people, you know, well, what about the weird lightning you could see? Like, we were way, we were way uptown, but we could, you could see, um, <laughs> right? You could see the lightning at the far end of Central Park. What was that about? Right. Like, and then you have the people who were actually there. So, how much does that spread out? That I think that's going to be a real important question to answer for, for especially if you have like your ideal Shark Tank pitch. You're like, hey, sharks. Here to talk to you about my great PKE detection uh, <laughs> doorbell, because that's kind of where this all blended in my brain. It came from like, what if you had to go on Shark Tank and start pitching <sighs> yeah. like ghost bust, ghost detecting stuff and all that's where all of this blended from the Ecto-1 conversation. Well, that's, so your TED talk was yeah. like, boom, it just intersected with this other stuff I've been thinking about. But what yeah. you're what you're touching on then perfectly is the idea that if you're going to let 
random writers write an episode of the Netflix series, if you're going to let new people come on and write potentially for future movies, they're all going to have to be on the same page when it comes to that. Otherwise, because it's perfectly viable to go, oh, yeah, tons of people believe in ghosts. So you can totally go on Shark Tank and right. put your Venkman ghost repeller. Or <laughs> right. right. Like, <clears throat> or whatever you want to do. Or for those of or, you in the UK, Dragon's Den, if you're like, what is Shark Tank? Dragon's Den, yeah. or it's Or there's not enough people believing in it. So it, it is more of a still you know, a cheap ad in the back of 40 and times magazine or, you know, the, the skeptic reader or whatever right. it's called, stuff like that. Like, Oh, <laughs> strange little ads in the back of popular mechanics for, you know, home, uh, nuclear accelerators, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Like that's, yeah, that's why it's going to be an important question. Otherwise you will have, yeah. I mean, that'll rock the boat. If you have people kind of approaching it, from wildly different angles as a consumer so. product, like sort of like using the science and that's, I, and that's, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not saying that anything like we have no idea where the movie's going to go or what happens next. Yeah. I would be fascinated by like at least a TV series plot that had something to do with like, I don't want to steal this phrasing. Cause I think that someone over at yes, have some may have used this word, but they said referred to a rogue ghost busting team as the Jonas of that universe, like stealing from Twister, <laughs> you know, but like um, to yeah. borrow that phrase, I, I, I think that's who said it first. So if I, if I'm wrong about that and somebody else yeah. said it first, I'm sorry, but um, and it was, yeah. it was some, yeah, it was something somebody kind of, when they did the casting thing, people almost immediately, a couple of people floated the idea of, Hey, maybe it's a, uh, uh, competing team or whatever competing yeah. company. Although I hope it's not because that kind of, it was a campaign in the role playing game. It was uh, at least one episode of the of the cartoon, maybe right. both cartoons. Now that I think about it, and there's a long running comic in the comics. Plot. Yeah, it was in IDW's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as an arc. Right. I think I think the old Marvel ones um, may have touched on it as well. I was thinking it's a IDW's very stuff, yeah. very go to idea, but I think we kind of. I don't know that we need to refeed it to the mainstream <laughs> necessarily. Let's let's figure something else out. Yeah. But yeah, if 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 the world's going to be anything like Buffy, it, it is in that ghosts are everywhere. A good percentage of people do believe in it so that you can tell your stories. But most people unaware or think it's rumors or fibs or urban legends or what have you. Right. Right. That's a good balance because then you can be super weird and bring in the people you need to to believe in it. But the world, like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if it was everybody knew that vampires oh, existed, vampires were real and Hellmouths were were there. Like I would just oh every everything. every every town would <laughs> you know police would be walking around with you know French style uh, uh, ringettes of 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 cloves of garlic and <laughs> you know baton taser steak like it was just like <laughs> so it would be a whole other of show in the trunk of the police car like next to the uh, to the assault shotgun yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, well actually credit to answer the call they didn't play it up enough which was a, a bit of a <clears> shame but they totally touched on the idea that it's a known fact in the world, but just not in the popular culture. So the government is aware of ghosts and weird paranormal stuff. And they have right. parts of their apparatus that are 
keeping an eye on it and cataloging it and preparing to try and deal with it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but again, because that's not in the mainstream, you don't have to, you get to still, you get to still go, you know, to on little busts and half the people there don't believe the weird stuff that's right. going on. And yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll I don't know. We'll see. But like, I thank you for engaging in this like little, like we spent a bunch of time doing fantasy world building for like an hour. And I appreciate that. That's um, what's <laughs> I love talking to you about this stuff though. That's why I wanted to chat with you about it. Cause it's like, there you go. You're a good person to talk about, you know, what does the world look like? And what are the potentialities for these kinds of things? And I'm of glad you like it, it you know? because everybody else in my life is completely burnt out. Yeah. On it, so. <laughs> of course I like, like you, this, I, I only listened to your podcast where you did this for a very long time and then started a podcast that was like, I'm missing something in my life. So, you know, I appreciate that. My, you can't. Come my friends it. don't want to speculate on this stuff with me. Nobody cares. I have one more <laughs> speculative thing to, to ask you about if you, you okay. are up for it. Um, sure. But this is more real. This is more about the next movie directly um, rather than like, what's the world look like? I'm trying to figure sure. out, and maybe you, maybe you can enlighten me because I may be wrong about this. The firehouse window photo, like the one we got recently that had you know, yep. Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan and Gil Keenan's inside the firehouse and Jason Reitman's yep. outside. Um, last week or was it last week? Maybe. Yeah. Tony Taylor was on and he was much smarter than me. I kept thinking about how that was a shot looking into the firehouse when he was like, maybe they're using it for like shooting the room inside the firehouse looking out. And I was like, yeah. oh, you're so much smarter than I am because it's a completely undressed exterior. Like, of course, that's what they're doing. I'm so dumb. Right. Like, yeah, but that got me thinking about this. Okay. Will this be the first time that we actually see a unified interior design of the upstairs of the firehouse? Because the first two movies certainly didn't use that window. <sighs> And if you think about like the design, like we don't ever see that window in the first two movies. We see like they're in the upstairs. They're eating around the card table. There's the barracks room behind them. We see the barracks room. That window is not there behind them. Like when they're in the beds, falling out of the beds, like that's not a thing we've seen. And then even going into like the 20, the 2009 game. And even like now with the current game, if you go upstairs and you go beyond that space in the upstairs where the card table was and where the arcade machines are, you're inside of Eddie's yeah. lab and the window is not in Eddie's lab. Cause it's just like, here's Eddie's whiteboard and here's a tool t- table where you can go. And so I'm trying to yeah. figure out like, will this be the first movie that actually unifies the interior design of hook and ladder eight and engine 23? Yeah, I think it might. Now that you mention it. If only because there's not much to unify. <sighs> yeah, they did. They did. It was some real sleight of hand. So first movie. They used the L.A. interiors. Mm-hmm. And that's what we think of as the interiors. Right. It does not match New York at all. It was a complete TARDIS situation. In right. That if you want to believe it that way. The Ghostbusters uh, HQ is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside right. because the New York one is super narrow. Yes. If you've ever been there, it is barely enough for the one engine that they, they put in there. And the yeah, the one in, in L.A., much wider. Right. 
much wider, much wider door, and has three and there's floors. a there's an entrance, <laughs> like yeah, and there's an entrance, there's an entrance door next to it, like so. Yeah, in the first one, the sleight of hand was back the car into the firehouse just long enough to fill it with smoke, so you can't see all the fire stuff right. in the background. Open the door, it turns on the lights, comes screaming out, "We're done. Mm-hmm. We have now successfully completed uh, linking the two. In the second movie. They didn't even do that. They yep. had it all coming out of the L.A. one. And that's why, for example, at the end of the second movie, um, uh, bu- 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 Lewis has his little weird, uh, you know, right in the vaudeville. <laughs> uh, no, his his vaudeville act with the 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 carriage doors and oh, yeah. the entrance doors built into the carriage doors. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, hey, remember how that's. Absolutely not like the New York uh, right. one that we saw at all. Right. You know, the one where it rolled up. Right. And this one swings. Swings open. Right? Like right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I guess what we're going to get is. Yeah, they're going to model the outside like New York. That will now be yeah. exactly what it like is. Like upstairs will have to have some sort of some functional redesign. I mean, they can explain it yeah. narratively. They can say, well, it was a result of the Starbucks being here. I don't know, whatever, but, <laughs> but there's, but here's, here's, here's the thing. So <clears throat> in the first one, <clears throat> so there's the stairs up. The guys are eating at the table. So that looks back to, that looks backwards. I think, doesn't it? When they're eating at the table, the wall, they're pointed the what's behind them is the barracks room. It's the bedroom. That's the barracks room there. Okay. Yeah. And that goes towards the front of it. Right. Because be, behind that camera shot, if you turn it around, you're now looking at the little kitchen living area. Right. Where they interview Dana. And there is a big window back there somewhere. Mm. We don't see it, but you can see, I think kind of recall that you can see the light coming in there i always assumed that was the front of the building maybe 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 that's like i just i apart to be fair part of what i have conceptualized in my brain is the 2009 video game which gives you the ability to walk through that space in a way that pretty tightly matches like at least my conceptual model of how the firehouse works from the movies right because like yeah and in there it's like you walk through the barracks and then you can make a right and you like can go in the bathroom space or whatever there. I think See, now yeah. all you've done is you're going to make me crack out my, um, what do you call it? My grid paper, um, <laughs> uh, notebook and start. So the spirits unleashed just as a, as a reference right now. Yeah. I think is pretty spot on with the idea. Cause the whole welcome aboard Winston handing him the traps thing has that stairs, the, the three steps up landing and then goes up. Right. You see that when they're eating. Right. But then what's so the barracks that room is does go back the way. That's but it's now or not if, the barracks room. It's a much shorter. See, room. the thing I always so. thought the barracks room was to the to the right of that shot where they're eating. I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure that's looking backwards. So and that's like, I'm again, I'm not standing on any of this, but if somebody said, <laughs> how do you see it? Then well, if you, you can turn also be like, what does the Lego model do? Like, yeah, what is the Lego firehouse set up to do? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's already too much work. Let's not let's not go crazy. Um, yeah. So 
I, there might be wiggle room if I'm if I'm remembering correctly and behind. Well, I don't think you're crazy. Like that shot of Peter with with Dana. I don't think you're crazy if that's yeah. looking to the sidewall, but but tech, you know, back behind them is to the front, and there is that windowed light source there. I mean, they can kind of fill in whatever they want there. Yeah. I've seen, I don't. But we've definitely <sighs> never I gotta seen go it. Back to that. I don't think we've I gotta ever go seen it. I got to go back to Ghostbusters two. I got to map it all out. It's not going to match. It's going to drive me mad. <laughs> I just, I just don't I love think it. we've ever. This is going to be seen, so much fun, but I don't think we've ever no. seen that that window mocked up as a wide shot. Like I'll say that I'm no. willing to stand on that. You know, like that. I just think that. Well, here's the, the here's the thing, though. To. Depending on how things were in the two movies, there might be just more enough wiggle room that they can invent what they want back in yeah. that space. Yeah, and and marry the the L.A. layout because that's the other thing. Oh, see, because mm. we have to go to Ghostbusters two and we have to look at the birthday layout. Because they use the upstairs of the the fire hall the, in L.A. The third floor for the for the or, birthday party. I don't think I ever knew that. And that one, like, because if you look at it, yeah, I don't know which floor that is, but that's one. Of, ugh, see, yeah. All right. Well, anybody listening to this, get your pen and paper out. We'll yeah. compare notes in a couple of weeks because because this is, you know, it's a fair question. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be hard for them to bury it one way or another. No, I think they. I don't think out. they have to. No. You know. And I mean, they don't have to they don't have to explain the video game, uh, even though the video game tries to kind of tie itself in the middle because the video game has video game considerations. And one of them is sure. if we have windows looking out there, we have to do more work. <laughs> On the street right. outside that the player never goes to. <laughs> right. It is not worth the time and energy to have artists working on making it pretty. Like, we just want them to focus on that little bit at the end of the alley that you cannot look around the corners and see and all that. You just need to see a good chunk of New York Street right there. And if we have those windows, then you're going to have to do that much more work. And it's not worth it. Um, I'm now looking. I'm God. Like, is there a photo where I can look at Eddie's lab? In Spirits Unleashed, really quick, is the win- so in Eddie's la- in Eddie's lab, there is yeah. a window, and it has right. blinds on it, but I don't but think it's at the side. it is. But I don't think it's the shape of like it, it is. It is. It is. No, it is okay. In Eddie's, huh? in, in that there is. There's like a. I don't know that it has the correct like you know um, decorative stuff on it. I think it's just yeah. rectangles. But th- technically, the there only is other, a window behind yeah. Eddie. I'm just not noticing before, but. The yeah. only other reference we have, and they completely tweaked it based on what they saw in the movie to fit the game, was the back of the player manual in the role-playing game. Yeah. Ha- has the, the floor maps. And it's just the two floors. I don't think they worry about a third floor. Which is, is in itself a, a good question, too, then. The New York building only has the two floors. Right. The L.A. building has, has three, three floors. Right. Are they going to do anything with that because again if they've left this fuzzy unfilled unfilled out space behind peter when they're interviewing dana in the first movie right you do have a lot of room then to rectify how you can get up to a third floor mm-hmm. it was just always there Storage, I mean, what's what's whatever, very strange. Right? Well, I mean, let's be real. What's really strange to think about is that the actual L.A. firehouse's story of how you get to the third floor 
is like you had, you couldn't go in there through the front. You had to go in through like the back. There was a service elevator that went in for bringing all like what that was for. That third floor had two functions. It was the penthouse for the fire chief. So you could get up to that side of it from the front, but the back of it was only accessible. I believe from like the basement up because that was where the, uh, the hayloft was for the horses. So when they first built that firehouse, like the third floor behind like what would have been that Venkman space, right? And the like there's yeah. in the actual firehouse behind that Venkman space is a giant door that goes to the other street because it's a pass through bay. Like it's if without Venkman's wall there, there would be an actual door that goes to the street behind it. And the entire firehouse is an arcade that connects two streets with open ends on both sides. Oh God, but <clears throat> so oh God, see like, in the first one, the demilitarized zone scene. Yeah. Has them coming through the front of the right. LA one. Mm-hmm. And it has stairs. Does that mean there are two sets of stairs? Because when they hand it over to Winston, that's looking backwards. It's almost like there's 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 chimeral uh twin stairs. One goes up on the heading towards the front of the building, and the other one goes up to the back of the building. And that may be true. I, I don't recall mm. right now and have to go back and look at photos, but like there was a private entrance that like I've, I'm remembering this is like for those of you who are like, are you sure, dude, go back to episode 10, I think, of episode of Extraplasm podcast where I did the deep dive on the L.A. firehouse. But I think I talked about this, that like there was a private entrance for the fire chief that went yeah. straight to the third floor and the fire chief actually had a private fire pole. That was like, so in the midst of all the <laughs> fire poles, the chief had one that went from the third floor, like down to the second, then joined the other ones. But it was like its own pole that only came from down there or some nonsense. So it was like an express pole. I can't remember. But like, Yeah, well, yeah. they run down a pole that drops them off at the at the um, their lockers. Right. But there's another one on the other side. On the other I wonder side if that's of the, the fire chiefs. Right. And yeah, what's weird that is that in Spirits Unleashed, it's kind of like the same way that there's one of the one of those uh, one of those holes is the one that's in Eddie's lab. So that would have been in the barracks room. And the other one is the yeah. one that's out in the open space in the common area in the second floor. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's good. I don't know. I'm like, uh, this is where I'm like, will or is the like, will they decide to use the Spirits Unleashed layout? Like if it's soft cannon, are they going to go, all right, well, that's where there's a lab room in the front as opposed to a barracks or are they going to restore the barracks or, and they have the ability really to be like, look, the whole building was gutted. It's been 30 some odd years that we had to remodel the entire building because it was so rotted out or et cetera and change everything they want to really. So, well, I mean, they had to literally do that in real life with the New York one was to retrofit it for. So yeah, yeah. I think there's enough wiggle room that, they could potentially explain a third floor and if they wanted, if they had something in mind that they wanted to do with it. Yeah. But I'm could be any number of things. I am intrigued. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't cinematically. I think I'm still right about this. Yeah. I, I still think that I, I may somebody, if, if I'm wrong, like, you know, who's going to come out of the woodwork with the answer. This is like Derek Osborne and shout out to Derek Osborne out there. Who's going to come out of the woodwork with like some, uh, ILM slides or something from <laughs> ghostbusters too. And he's going to be like, no, you're wrong. Like, here's how they made the uh, fake window for ghostbusters. Yeah, Derek too. Osborne, uh, ghostbusters wiki gang yeah. and, um, and Michael will show up. Yeah. Um, Feel free to prove me wrong. This is not me sitting at like a a table either on a college campus and being like, change my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Derek Osborne, 
Michael Tanaka and whoever's uh, currently most active on the Ghostbusters wiki. wiki. Yeah, now like maybe it's Ben King. Something again. Ben King may also he Ben like, King firehouse well. story. It's ben the King. beauty of movies because it just shows that after all this time, we never s- sweated that stuff too much. Yeah, it's only when you bring it up that you start to go. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Like, no, no, it's all right. I'm very good. At I mean, there's things. lots of. Well, here's the thing. One of the <coughs> one of the things that I think you really don't want to be doing, especially if you're testing equipment, is to take it into the alley in New York and start <laughs> shooting things up. I think there might be something to be said, especially if you're going to train people up to turn the third floor into a, a testing gallery. Yeah. Or to build out, or to build to out the basement in that way is the other, the other alternative, you know. But we didn't see a very big basement in the, you know, we only see a little corner of it when you think about how they go down yeah. the stairs, and we see one little angle of it. And we don't know what the rest of the basement looks like, and it's always just yeah, kind of just been, just even so, locked up in games. Just it's enough. Like, here's to a door the, that goes outside. Yeah. There's a containment unit. Nothing else down here. So, yeah, well, that was the fun part in the 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 2019 one is you open that door and there was like an unfinished, crappy old basement there. Yeah, that you could run around and test fire on ghosts and all but that. But only in the one level, only in the uh, the training mission. So you could never get yeah, back exactly. in there again. No, it was you can an never open world environment. Training's so, done. Off you go. But there was. There was like, hey, we're off in this crappy, like, it's just a, essentially an unfinished shell of a basement that we didn't bother to do anything with the rest of it. So. See, you ask me as I'm redesigning my kitchen. So I'm really in a layout frame of mind. So this has really got me thinking. So now. you've really been chasing down green and white tiles and trying to convince people that that's the motif of your kitchen. Cause that's what I'd be doing. I don't have to convince them. Cause if I pick it and don't explain it, <laughs> they'll never know. <laughs> we'll have it for three years and they'll sit down while I'm watching ghostbusters and they'll go, Hey, and then, you know, whatever. <laughs> Listen, it's up I was on the thinking, wall. What can you do about it? We should put in these amazing floor to ceiling brown wood lockers to put the dishes in. They'd look really <laughs> awesome. They're like mid century modern. I think it's a great aesthetic, you know? Nah, that's a step too far. <laughs> I could use a couple of those down in the, uh, the secret layer here. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I'm excited to see what the upstairs of the firehouse looks like when this movie finally comes out. When it comes out. Um, and hopefully that'll be December. But, you know, I think mm, we'll see. <laughs> it's tight. But it's very tight. Here's there's two things going for it. It's tight, but. The guys had a head start, mm-hmm. you know, once you once you once you lock a movie and there's a pandemic, so nobody they don't know when they're going to put it out. Right. But the, the studio is kind of excited about it. As long as you did, your, your budgeting was smart. Right. You I, I, I wonder sometimes if they didn't get a green light almost the minute the thing locked. Just provided <laughs> the budget. No, provided the budget was all right. Right. <laughs> it's very easy for them to go unless this, I mean, understandably at a pandemic, very stressful to go unless nobody sees this movie and you're like, we don't even know anybody's seeing movies right now, (laughs) but you know, very easy to see that they could say, unless this completely topples over for various reasons, right? You're going to get greenlit because we've known forever that Sony regards this as an evergreen property, Mm -hmm. a tentpole property that they just want to keep going yeah, and they want to build up and strengthen it. So again, unless it just completely bombed. And even then, if it had bombed, they would have like 
started a clock, they're like, let's circle around to this in five years. Like they just would have left it alone. Yeah, no, agreed. So I think those guys probably started humming and hawing fairly early, which means, you know, I know they were, they they talked about doing pre-production, but I'm pretty sure those guys probably had Hitchcock the movie out pretty well. Oh yeah. Like by the time it got to, it's time to do pre-production. Not a lot of humming and hawing. Right. Just unforeseen stuff or good ideas that people came up with to decide whether you want to go with it or not. You have the movie pretty dialed in, which means, yeah, you could do it. I've been thinking about it as like Back to the Future-ish, that like you can make one and make the other and be kind of filming pieces of the other one at the same time kind of thing. You know, I mean, they didn't do that in terms of filming it, but in terms of writing and production. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's that way exactly. to think about it. It's like you're setting up what's going to happen. Even if you don't know you're doing a second movie yet, you're leaving the narrative space there. You have your ideas, yeah. your sketches and your ideas for where you're going at an outline level, you know, so. We don't we don't know how much of the Spangler family story is going to be a part of this. And that's right. a thing that kind of kept the effects budget down on the first one or not the first one, but on Afterlife was, you know, they did spend a lot of time. <laughs> talking as a family and mm-hmm. hanging out with podcasts and stuff like that. And then when they did do it, they were what you, apologies to Ryan Dole and all that. I'm going to use the phrase easy effect shots. <laughs> I'm assuming that there is, there is levels of, of how hard effect shots are. And one where they go out into the middle of a field and fire off a proton pack and it blows off a practical effect right. off of a pipe, probably not a terribly hard shot to put together. I mean, I think the real um, challenge was Egon, right? That's the the ultimate challenge Egon, of the movie is is how do you recreate Harold Ramis and yeah, <laughs> like, the terror the, dogs, like know, when yeah. yeah, that stuff, the Gozer stuff, that stuff, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. the go that's that's we'll a see. name. There's a name for a, a forthcoming podcast from somebody else. Gozer stuff, <laughs> just, Gozer stuff. <laughs> well. At this point, it's getting close enough now that I'm going to have to start actively unplugging myself because we're not that far away from the inadvertent leaks starting to happen, right? Uh, you mean things that uh, I've already and this is yeah. here's here's doubt. Like I love everyone listening to this podcast when I say this. This is not negative about you, but I will say this. There's a difference in waiting for a new movie before uh you start making content about <laughs> the franchise yeah. that the movie's in and then oh, yeah. there's a difference between afterwards when people are like hey you provide your instagram handle in every episode i've got an exciting thing to tell you and i'm like i don't want to know that i don't want to know let's not do that yeah so you begin to understand why troy and i punched out partially to like preserve some surprise to what was yeah. going on the integrity of, so. of your watching experience yes yeah, and it I honestly believe it paid off, and I'm kind of looking forward to doing that again. And we're getting to the point where when they start announcing new cast members, how far away is it before a piece of merch drops at Toy Fair or on Amazon accidentally or via a soundtrack? Like, there's so many ways right. these days that that if somebody isn't writing everybody, stuff gets out there. I mean, even the eye tile thing, like we weren't supposed to see what the inside of that firehouse looks like. That's not a thing we were supposed to see, but we did. No, you know, um, now thankfully people are doing those weird little Photoshop jobs. That'll keep things confused. As long as there's enough (laughs) chaff out there, it might. I so many disappointed people when they thought that they were showing the door of the Ecto two and it's (laughs) Ecto one a rather. And it's like, 
This is this is a shot, a behind the scenes shot from Afterlife. Like, yes, this I is. I don't know how to break this to you. This but. is from an account that just <coughs> seems to Photoshop lots of things in general, and you've you've been which had, is, which is okay. Like, <laughs> but if they're not making it clear, it will fool or and disappoint inevitably a lot of people. Yeah, agreed. So. Um, I don't know. That's uh, so I will so we'll just say we'll say this. No leaks and no random misinformation and disinformation either, because that's not any less. That's not any less helpful or more helpful than than uh, than. I don't know. Like, I, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, I think, you know, what I'm trying to say, which is, I know what you're trying to say, you know, yeah. that's not any better. There's no qualitatively like making up stuff is <laughs> not somehow more forgivable than leaking stuff. Like it just, I don't know. That's my viewpoint. Yeah. I submit this. We started the month of April and we had April fool's day. And I put out a little message on social media that day that said, as a person who teaches critical thinking and uh, reasoning and argumentation, the focus on evidence and who's been through the last like four or five years of misinformation, disinformation and chaos. I don't really find April fool's day to be, that much fun. So I'm going to tune out a national no. disinformation, you know, a worldwide disinformation day. And, um, I'll see you in the kitchen making food. It's just like, I'm going to go cook for yeah. the day. <laughs> so uh, the deep, the deep fake post pandemic era really, really put the kibosh on the, uh, the April fool's mood. Yeah. You know, or it's just like, I remember things like the ecto cooler, the flavored ecto cooler ad that came out before afterlife that was like totally mocked up. And I was like, this is amazing. They're bringing back ecto cooler. There's going to be blueberry ecto cooler. There's going to be raspberry ecto cooler. And then it was like, no, some very enterprising and awesome artist did this, whoever it was. And they totally got everybody in the process. And then a whole bunch of people were like, wait, that's not happening. That sucks. And it's like, uh, and then the ecto cooler only emerged at, you know, for people who could covetedly get it. And now people are buying it three years later and paying yeah. $300 for it. And it's like, don't drink that. And it's just so much. That tastes really? Is that how much they're paying? Is that how much God. they're paying for it? I don't know if they're still paying. There, let's do this. We'll do it. We're going to do a thing that <coughs> I refer to as the Chris Stewart moment. I've never referred to it as that before, but you're, okay. <laughs> you, you are. I, I did say this recently. I ran to the bookshop. I am honored. Question and I said, mark? I'm leaving the microphone to go get something like Chris Stewart would. It's like, cause that's, oh. <laughs> like, I need to. I, and it was totally said with love. Cause I'm like in the middle of the podcast, you'd be like, let's look this up. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Um, like <laughs> eBay now. Let's see. Uh, yeah. What is a high C ecto? What is an ecto cooler selling yeah. for on eBay today? Are there any available? Uh, a Ghostbusters Afterlife ecto cooler is currently available for one hundred ninety five dollars or best offer, and I actually know who that is that's selling that by username for what one hundred ninety five without the can? box. No, the 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 bottles they gave out at the premiere. Uh, oh, or, I see. Or they only mailed to people in a box, like as a. Because I have box. this that I'm pretty sure I'm going to try and get rid of. Uh, hang on, I gotta like move back to. Oh yeah, I have one of those too somewhere. Which I'm like, why do I have? That? It's slowly only... swelling, and I think they're going to burst at some point, and I'm going to regret it. Only so, half of them are drunk. What Chris is showing me right now is a 2016 case yeah. of Ghostbuster, uh, Ghostbusters ecto cooler from like the 2016 movie, where he has some of them drink and some of them not. No one should yeah. drink any seven, of them. Seven of them are undrunk, and yeah, the buckling hasn't quite begun, but it's not too far away. I've got a can in my office that is actively swelling and needs to be dealt with. So um, <laughs> I'm a regret. I'm like, what am I going to do? And my idea right now, I'll tell you, if you don't just like sell them, I'm thinking about just like 
cutting the tops off of them, like getting a can cutter and just straight cutting the tops off and then like uh. keeping them to like use as tumblers or to potentially put candles in and then have like a cool little Ooh, candle holder. I like the candle them. idea. <clears throat> so especially because there's people who can make a- ecto cooler candles. So if you can, yeah, put the if I can approximate that, 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 that tangerine kind of smell. Yeah. Cause if you can cut the, uh, People won't be able to see this, but if you can cut off in there, yeah, the inner, like the, the inner, the nice rim, right? That would be a beautiful. There you go. So see, then I don't have to worry about poisoning anybody, right? So you just gotta like Google like, upcycling se- craft soda can, <laughs> like that's how you exactly. do stuff with that. So or I can sell the the seven unopened ones with the uh, the caveat the of do not flag. drink. And then I'll turn I'll turn the five open ones into candles and just sell them. So it's, it's time for me to open an Etsy store. That's what I yeah. Do. There you go. Then you can open an oh, Etsy well. store called the things from my That sounds like a terrible Etsy store that's full of lots of <laughs> never mind. It's like cash, cash or proton charge. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'll think I'll have to brainstorm this a bit. Proton shop. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a podcast I really enjoy that's called uh, The Greatest Generation, and they have a partner podcast that's really the same two guys called The Greatest Trek. And it's like one of them is they do a review episode of um, Greatest Generation. They did like Next Generation episodes and they did DS9. They did Voy- now doing Voyager. And so it's like a rev- an episode review podcast on Maximum Fun. Right. And then they have this other one called Greatest Trek, which does more current stuff. And like all the right. newer series like Discovery and Picard and whatnot, but they have their own store where they sell their podcast stuff. And I love I'm just going to th- tell people this for no reason, but the URL for their podcast shop is the greatest thing I've ever heard. It is podshop.biz. <laughs> it's nice. Just, you just podshop.biz. And like it's a, that's literally like the most rote way you could have made that. But it also works. That's <laughs> I remember it. So. If you're a Star Trek fan, you like really funny, like joke merchandise. Go check out podshop.biz because there's a whole bunch of hilarious, awesome stuff. And check out Greatest Gen and Greatest Trek because they're great. But right. yeah, there you go. Random, random there plugs about things that are not Ghostbusters in the midst of a conversation with Chris Stewart. Sorry about that. But. <laughs> it's all right. Um, well, I'm excited. Hopefully we get to see the movie soon. I'll say the last thing that tells us that this movie is probably going to potentially come out on time is all of those kids are now slated to be at some German Comic-Con in the first week of May. So that means yeah, somebody must that, think eh? they're done filming by then <laughs> because they've all confirmed they're going to be at some Comic-Con together signing autographs. Um, so, yeah, um, potentially movie in December, we hope. Um, get your Murray yeah. the Mantis inflatables ready now, custom uh, prop builders. There you go. That's right. If if it's not going to be officially at the Macy's Day Parade, I say we make it happen. Yeah. There's at least there's at least three of those giant uh, inflatable Stay Puffs that uh, were made for the uh, answer the call or whatever. Yeah, you fill those full of hydrogen. They're not that dangerous. I'm pretty sure we could float <laughs> one around. I think they could use helium. I don't think they have to use hydrogen. That's expensive. <laughs> what do they put in the balloons? Is it helium? I think do it's helium. That yeah, you? I think so. I don't know. Like last oh, thing God, we're googling, to look. What do they fill Macy's Day? <laughs> <laughs> Macy's See, now I'm just sitting with. here going, wait, we need that for medical science. Stop filling it at, you know, ah, giant no, turkeys. it is. It's Lind. The company Lind <clears throat> says we partner with Lind for our helium supply. that will bring our world famous character balloons to life. Helium used to fill the breathtaking balloons floating over New York City and Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade begins its journey in America's heartland. 
<laughs> they yeah, use about this... 400,000 cubic feet of helium. Do they do they reclaim it for the love of God at I, least? I don't that... know. <laughs> oh lord, I don't know. I mean, we're not That's... making a lot of helium here on Earth and I no, we haven't figured out how to siphon it off the sun, so we got to yeah, be a little careful. This out. We don't we haven't really got this but according to uh what is this gov I don't even know what this website is. But there's several of them. Say 400, right. 350 to 400,000 cubic feet. Um, I'm going to start a GoFundMe. Everybody send me your money because we're going to have to buy a lot of helium, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this balloon has to be 112.5 feet tall. Isn't that correct? <laughs> if well, we're going to be screen accurate. You work with what you've, what you've got, right? So, <laughs> <clears throat> all right. As I promised, uh, 2016 Spectral on Netflix. Okay. That's uh, the that's you know science military guys fighting ghosts yeah nuclear guns uh, and the other one was extraordinary ah okay uh, with with uh, Will Forte gotcha twenty nineteen horror comedy sort of thing which is different from para, um, from para ordinary para ordinary which is mine <laughs> trademark right here I don't know how I'm going to use it but I am so using it it's a spec script start writing. Um, that's right <laughs> uh anything else you want to throw out there a plug before we sign off from our conversation here oh no not really i mean i'm still making video games if anybody likes card and dice games but can't play with people in person just go search steam for kuros productions we got a couple of cool ones there cool hordes of glory and uh planetary control which are the digital versions of some actual physical board games I've made. Cool. The, that's it. Crossrips uh, still out there. If you, this is the first time you've heard of it, you you got you you got a lot of content to go through. You, yes. You, you, hopefully you enjoy it. The interdimensional crossrip remains um, an an amazing podcast, even though it is currently in archived mode. Um, we'll just put it I'll in say archive mode. Archive mode. Yeah. Um, but. I will, I've said this many times that like there's so many things to go back to and listen to if you are a Ghostbusters fan and never listen to the cross trip because like the cross trip came out on a weekly basis but the stuff that you all would do of like deep dives on like let's talk about the soundtrack and let's talk about like different versions of potential uh you know like things like the like your Hughes and Thrall discussion is still something I love yeah um, or so, um did they all die at the end of the first movie and yeah stuff like that. so many good conversations I don't I don't know I had so. Yeah. Yeah. I know Troy's busy. I'm pretty busy, but it, you know, while we sort out our lives and whether we get cross rip going regularly, I do toy with the idea of maybe pulling the more or the less topical, the more timely or the timeless stuff. Yeah. Uh, and just putting it out there, uh, you know, and if I can record a little bit at the beginning or if Troy's free to record with me or something, just to put a new capper on some of the stuff. And that way there's something for, uh, for new, uh, you know, for new listeners, something for old listeners. It's like, cause there is stuff that I really wish, like nobody needs to listen to us babble about merch on some of those episodes where there was nothing but new merch to talk about, but that's you know, never I happened on any to, podcast about ghostbusters ever. What are you talking? I've never ever. heard of such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to Rick Moranis. That's, and I'd, you know, that's something that if yeah. you, people hadn't heard, I'd, I'd like to make, or, uh, Michael gross or stuff yeah. like that. Right. Like, you have such a bunch of those is, good interviews, yeah. If I can find an do. angle and an excuse to redo it. I'm, can know? I give you one? And then you can feel free to like run away with it. And it's okay. Sure. You should call them the Spates Catalog. 
Yeah, possibly. They would be like the cataloged episodes that are like the best of. Right. And um, I think that you could have like a good like intro that just like took like, welcome to Spade's catalog edition. Like and kind of like the just take them and plug them in with that and then re-release them that way. So especially if there's stuff to like to add in a new angle or updated information like. I don't know. We'll we'll it's all there. We we haven't gone. We're just not currently active. <laughs> Do, uh, For very good reasons cuz uh Troy is uh now on to his second child. Um I I still got a handful with my first one, so I'm not having any more. Well, I I regardless of like when it happens, anything that you offer or Troy offers up is always a gift to the Ghostbusters community. And I thank you so much uh, for coming for on. Sure. I look, I know that you, if I give you the big emo thing at the end of the episode, you will be like, hi, I am now feel awkward and will clamp up. <laughs> so I won't. Um, but you know that you're always welcome to come and talk on here anytime you want to. And every time you do, Absolutely. everybody messages me and says, that was such a great episode. I love when Chris is on. So, um, that guy won't shut up. No, people like to hear from you. That's the point. That's why that's like, they, they hope you don't <laughs> shut up. That's to be that gift to you. It's something, see, now I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to keep too much praise it's on been- you. It's yeah. been seven years. He won't. He's still talking. <laughs> well, they love it when you do. That's the truth. And I do, too. So thank you. For I'd love on. it. Uh, I do enjoy these, uh, as Troy used to call them, nerd poker nights. So I'm happy to come on whenever whenever you want to gab. All right. Thank you for doing it. I hope that you uh, continue to do well and thrive. And everybody should check out your games out on Steam. Check out Kerberos production stuff. Uh, keep following Proton Charging on the, the social medias um, until until Chris decides that he's like, I need to escape from all of you so I can preserve my listening, my watching experience. That's right. Follow Proton Charging. It's just Proton Charging one word on Twitter. And you can follow along as I <laughs> attempt to micro aggress a poor horror movie fan into the ground with my Is It Ghostbusters 2 replies. <laughs> it is. It certainly is. That's my answer to this question is it always is. It's always Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> and it, whether it is or isn't canon is a different question, but that's a question, a different that's question. left for Ryan Dole. So um, anyway, thank you again, Chris, and we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye, everybody. That about wraps things up for Extraplasm this week. Thanks for listening. If you uh, like the show, if you want to throw some support towards it, you can always go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to the podcast and leave a positive review because those really do help the podcast connect uh, with other folks who are like you and who would like the show. I want to say thank you so much to Chris Stewart for coming on the show and being a guest once again and uh, joining the battle for robes, as we kind of talked about at the beginning. And uh, I also want to say thank you to uh, Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios for designing our logo, to uh, Vaporwave artist Magnavox, whose music we use as our theme song, and of course to you as audience members for tuning in every week. If you have anything that you want to share, contribute to the podcast, or any comments that you want to hit me up with, you can, of course, reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram, Extraplasm on Twitter, and ExtraplasmPodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're hanging there. We're tracking towards the end of April. We're going to be heading into May. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more excitement coming as we get into summer 
and we're about, if we really get down to it, you know, like eight months away from a Ghostbusters movie, in theory, if it comes out on time. So, um, I'm ready to believe it. I hope you are. All right, everybody. As Ernie Hudson says every week, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>